the beautiful game network sponsored by roughneck scarves i'm one of your co-hosts ivan ornellis and i'm here with fabian and will my question for both of you is if halloween was normal this year as if there was no pandemic covid was dealt with or didn't exist to begin with what would you dress up as and i want to know real quick one maybe sounds earthquakes themed costume like maybe a player or a coach you would dress up as (laughs) and then one costume of anything else go ahead Bobby. all right so <laughs> if i had to dress up as a quakes person i think <laughs> my best shot would be like i want to say michael starry i mean i could <laughs> i could probably pull that off but no one would know who i am but i think that would be my costume and then if it was regular um i think uh, my wife is pregnant, so I think we would do like an avocado for her, and then myself a toast. We so mm. like avocado <laughs> toast or something like that. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's about great. you, Will. Um, definitely, if I was gonna do a quick, I'll pull, try to pull off a Matias Almeida. Get the purple sweatshirt, <laughs> or the purple sweater, and get the hair. No, like I said, I don't think anyone would look like you know. I want to look good as Matias, but like I'll try my best. You got to get your bling <laughs> though. I know. I would get the flake. You know, fake bling, ninety-nine cent store bling, like we good. <laughs> the folex. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you know, I'll have to run it back to uh what Bobby used to be when we worked together. Remember at twenty four, bro, the teletubby? <laughs> the teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, Bring it back. Like, I think yeah. you still have it. <laughs> yeah. What about you, so Ivan? My choices if uh, for San Jose Quicks player. It's got to be Steven Lenhard, kid, yeah. wig, and a Quakes jersey. Like, that'll be one of the more recognizable choices within Sounds Earthquakes fans, at least. And uh, for uh, a general costume, uh, you can't go wrong with being a Pokemon trainer. I got an Ash Ketchum hat. I there got go. the attire. So it's pretty fun. Shout out Japan, dude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Japan. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm out here in Japan, and there's actually a lot of Pokemon stuff. You can buy a bread that's Pokemon. You can buy milk that's Pokemon. It's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much Pokemon out here, you wouldn't even know. Um, yeah, I remember, like, when I was younger, uh, when Pokemon was at its height of popularity in the United States, that there was, like, Pokemon mac and cheese, or, like, there would be, <laughs> like, the shape of Pokemon outlines. It would be, like, a cereal. There would be the Burger King toys, like, yeah yeah that's what it feels like in japan like even now (laughs) no definitely um yeah a lot more than i expected but back to the quakes right (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. all right so um basically i want to thank all of our patreoners um or all of our supporters on patreon and every single person that supports us in a certain way um ivan wants to go ahead and we 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 started this podcast to make sure that we felt like the Quakes fandom and the Quakes 
uh, fans had an outlet and we want to thank everybody that has participated in questions and that always ask us questions for us to answer. And we, we wouldn't be here without you guys. So please keep, keep it coming. And thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Through this podcast, uh, I'm realizing one of my dreams of both writing and podcasting about sports, which is something that's been a constant in my life. And I'm glad to be able to share this with everyone who listens. Yeah. So big quakes news coming out of LAFC camp today. Um, LAFC basically had two additional confirmed positive COVID-19 cases. Um, KCB, yeah, KCBS, I believe just reported that it was three. So we have definitely some news coming up. Will this game even happen? Um, do, what do you guys think? Do you think we see a game or no? We'll start with you. Um, I mean, I assume they're going to have to do more testing and advance all the testing that they're going to try to do. Um, there's a great possibility that they will cancel this game, but the, I would think more of the question is if they do, will, will it be made up? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, Ivan, you kind of know if it will be made up, right? There's another time slot that available? I initially thought so because the last game for the regular season, it's on the weekend of November 7th. Mm. And then the international break starts the following weekend. So there would be that Wednesday in between in in an ideal world. But I – was informed on discord that MLS announced that there would no be no more rescheduling. If a game gets canceled, that's it. Now that we're in this point wow. per game model that we'll talk about more throughout this podcast. Yeah. So it, it it's looking less and less likely that we are going to have a game. Um, I mean, I don't even think it's worth it at this point. Right. And that, and that actually might be huge. We don't know who these players are. If LAFC can't have these players in the playoffs, that's huge. What if it's Carlos Vela, right? What if it's Atuesta? What if it's a Diego Rossi? Um, this team might be really hindered by this. Or what if, let's say, what if they can't even compete in the playoffs, right? And an RSL or Vancouver comes in because LAFC doesn't want to, or nobody wants to play LAFC because they have just had a COVID outbreak. So we'll have more news. Keep, keep an eye out on our Twitter. We'll definitely repost anything that we find out. Um, in other Quakes news, Chris Wondolowski wins Player of the Week for his ninth time, ties Woo! fifth most in MLS history. So, guys, we actually did a thing. <laughs> there wasn't any vote Wando option on the MLS Player of the Week, and we just yeah. decided to slam every single hashtag of vote Wando and tag MLS and comment vote Wando, yeah. and we got it done. Um, and the replies were flooded from other people. So this wasn't just us. This was Quakes fans as a whole on Twitter. Great job. Yeah, great job, guys. Big shout out. We we are at Atlanta for a week, and that's and that feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were Atlanta. We were Seattle in the right. 2010s. We were the LA Galaxy in the early 2010s. All these obnoxious uh, – populist fan right. presences on social media but you know it's a little less obnoxious once you're doing it <laughs> yeah well you know in my mind i'm thinking is it because atlanta's not good right now or is it because quake's fandom has just become a big bigger in this last year but i guess that's a question we'll never find out right oh trust me there's still a lot of atlanta fans on twitter uh i write for mls multiplex podcast i mean 
the MLS Multiplex uh, blogging website, yeah. and I appeared a couple times on their podcast, which has three co-hosts like this oh, wow. one, and two of them, Josh and Drew, are Atlanta United fans. Mm. So I do know that there's still a good Atlanta United community, as well as Atlanta Sports, which, you know, that part of Twitter has been a little depressing lately, <laughs> unfortunately for them, Whoa. as their sports teams have not had a good year. But Too bad for Braves. Yeah, well, I mean, they got farther than most many people expected, but the way they went out, it wasn't a good year. So, but moving back to Chris Wondolowski, I think it's very much deserved. I think it was we talked about it was a mini goal drought and yeah, big players playing well in big games, and this was a game that the Quakes had to win to get to the playoffs, have any chance of making it to the playoffs, and. Right, it definitely continues the conversation of will he or won't he retire? And you know, I would be very surprised if he does at this point because he has more to give. Yeah, um, Will, since you are kind of like a newer side of this Quakes Twitter, how do you feel knowing that your retweets, you know, had an impact? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I usually haven't been crazy in social media and for something to, you know, try to actually work out and see how the power of social media actually really works um, was good. You know, I mean, for, and of course, we want to see Wando, you know, be the one get rewarded for that. Yeah, and it's, it's such a great, um, I guess, acknowledgement for Wando's great career so far. But on the Twitter post that MLS posted, my God, how many Belgium references are we going to see in this dude's career? How many years it, away? It's, it's never going to end. It's, it's never, was, and it's, <laughs> it's so unfortunate because there's some salty U.S. fans out there that will never appreciate the, our, our eternal captain. But There was a weird. salty RSL fan who brought it up, too, on the uh, Real Salt Lake tweet where they tweeted the final score, and I just told them, hey – if we talked shit about <laughs> Nick Romando or Kyle Beckerman, you'd be in your feelings. So, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Don't even play with this. Well, well referencing our, our latest episode with Ted Ramey, you said Kyle Beckerman shouldn't cut his hair. So Shouldn't have cut his hair. So that we did talk a little smack. <laughs> no, but that was a compliment because Kyle yeah. Beckerman, I mean, you know, it, this is another conversation from another day about whether non, you know, African-Americans should have dreadlocks or not. But if there is one person on the planet who pulled it off that isn't African-American or in the black diaspora, it was Kyle Beckerman. It was kind of a meme at first. And I was like, what the heck? What kind of hair it is? And I, and I also compared it to the Carolina Panthers receiver, uh, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. And I'm yeah. like, Kyle Beckerman, like, what are we doing? Like, at least Robbie Anderson, like, he has that hair, but he has to hide in the helmet when he plays. You right. don't. You just let it <laughs> flow. So, yeah, it's, you know, Kyle Beckerman is a, an icon. He is a RSL legend. Beckerman and Ramondo, both, who Ramondo recently retired, are as beloved with the RSL as Shea yeah. Salinas and Chris Wondolowski are with us. And speaking of Shea Salinas. Yeah, there you go. Um, Shea Salinas now ties Ronald Cerritos for the most all-time assists for the club at 47. This wow. was coming. Yeah, I mean, we he, he he had his last assist about four or five games ago, so it, it was coming. It was it was a matter of time till he ties the all-time leading assist um, record holder Ronald Cerritos, or he passes it. And it looks like he will tie it, but let's see if he stays at the club next year to pass it. Right? Um, yeah. 
I did notice something interesting. So if you go on the Wikipedia page, you can see the top 10 goal scores and top 10 assists and a few other stats uh, for San Jose Earthquake's history. If you look at the top 10 assists, the, there are, I think the lowest assist total I saw was 24, and the lowest goal score total I saw was 20. And wow. goals usually happen a lot more often than assists. So I think that's pretty cool, and it shows that San Jose Earthquake's you know, they don't have the most stars that have come through the ranks in MLS history, but the, at their best, they're a great collective unit, and these players, they play for each other, and that is what it means to be a San Jose Earthquake. Or the San Jose Earthquakes have the all-time leading scorer named Chris Wondolowski, and yeah, he that, banged too. in all the goals for him. Yeah, that is true, but you do have to think that – before Chris Wondolowski was the player that he was, there was still about 15 or maybe oh, like true. 13 years of Quakes history where there could have been yeah. enough people to score a few more goals. But, you know, it's like it was just a really interesting statistical anomaly there. Definitely. But, yeah, that's true. It's a bit more top-heavy with Wando, which we're really excited about still. And uh, more things to be excited about are – some of the awards that are coming up. So yeah. MLS award voting, uh, some categories have nominated one or two players from every team. So this is going to be very different from what we're used to where we usually get a more condensed shortlist, maybe like three, five, maybe at most 10 nominees per category, but we're going to take advantage of this situation and acknowledge yeah. the quick players that are nominated. So first up, yes, yeah, we have, them- some of them were a little bit, you know, I didn't expect. And then some of them were, okay, I under, I totally understand that. So um, Ivan's going to go ahead and list them off. But just keep in mind, some of these are a little inflated due to the fact that everybody is has to be nominated or is nominated. Um, but some of these are kind of um, oddballs that you're just like, oh, wow, I never knew that. Yeah, I'll take this as like, it's like the MLB all-star game. It's like, even though every team gets representation, like you still want to be that player that gets mentioned right. and it's something to be commended of, even if you're a long shot to win the award. So here we go. We got Christian Espinoza and Jackson Ewell on the shortlist for the 2020 Landon Don- Donovan MLS MVP. I'll just read them all off real quick and mm-hmm. then I'll get your guys' takes on some of these nominations, the ones that stand out the most. Yeah. Then we have Marcus Lopez and Kate Cowell on the AT&T Young Player of the Year shortlist. We got JT Marcinkowski on the All-State Goalkeeper of the Year shortlist. Osvaldo Alanis and Nick Lima on the Defender of the Year shortlist. Osvaldo Alanis on the Newcomer of the Year. And Chris Wondolowski on the shortlist for MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year. So which one stand out to you guys? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Nick Lima for defender of the year. Um, I'm going to eat some words that I said the last podcast where he made the biggest mistake of this campaign for the quakes. But if he's on the short list for, um, you know, defender of the year, when we have other guys like Flo and Marcos Lopez that didn't make it, it, there must be something that the MLS pundits are loving or that they think that this guy has a very high ceiling that he can achieve and play every week in and week out. Will, what do you think? Um, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a couple of them that would kind of go, but I mean, I, I would say also for the defender part, Alanis, I, I feel like we didn't, <laughs> see it. We, we, we didn't see enough 
Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, the, the the him being out with injury, uh, you know, for for most of the season is kind of kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, yeah. You, you get the you know the nod for that, and also being the newcomer as well. I feel like eh, I mean, it's just like I didn't really feel a big impact from you know Alanis as even though he was a really big signing for us. Yeah, I think the newcomer of the year nomination. Alanis is the only newcomer, really, unless you count <laughs> like T- Tanner Beeson was drafted, so there was that. But you know, he was, Alanis was definitely the obvious choice if we're going to pick one player from every MLS club. And since m- most MLS clubs, not all of them, had more transfer business this year, they're they going to have a bit more to choose from. But still, Did- I think some of these are very much in place. I think Marcos Lopez and Kid Cowell showed tremendous skill and yeah. promise and contributions throughout this year. And JT Marcinkowski has been a good goalkeeper when he's been given opportunities. I do think, you know, some of these players like JT Marcinkowski because he hasn't played as much as compared to the other starting goalkeepers in this league. Right. It's going to be a tough uphill, uphill battle for him, but still, I think, at the very least, like these are San Jose Quakes players who in a very difficult season with ups and downs that they're getting acknowledged and we'll see what effect this has because every team has getting a similar amount of nominations. So maybe the morale boost kind of is a wash, but still like it's really well, exciting to see these names. Yeah. Well, JT Marcinkowski is our starter for years to come. Mm-hmm. And, and this kind of cements that, they had the opportunity to choose Daniel Vega as well, but they didn't. They went they went ahead and chose JT. So I think that one, that nomination means the most out of all of these. Um, we had a couple of questions, I think, or there was a question on the Facebook group where um, they were saying, prove me wrong, JT is not going to be our starter next year. And <laughs> I think this year is showing some credit that other people around the league at least think that he is start worthy and at least nominee worthy of goalkeeper of the year. And that's huge. Yeah. I don't know where some of these random uh, hate comments or posts for JT Marcinkowski are coming from. He's it's been a night and day difference between JT Marcinkowski starting and Daniel Vegas starting. And it's not coincidental it's really an important personnel change that had to be made this yeah. year. And he's earned the, everything that has come his way. And I definitely want to see him start for the foreseeable future. As long as he's here. Well, let's, let's see what JT's biggest fan says um, about this nomination. Will, do you have anything to say? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, what I wanted to get to also with this is who do you think out of all of these will actually win? Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I would love to hear just real quick. You know, uh, you know, start with uh, somebody that would think uh, who's got the best chance to win. I mean, you yeah, you know, it's, several you know, people. The funniest thing, well, you said Osvaldo Alaniz didn't have enough impact, but I think Osvaldo Alaniz winning newcomer of the year might be the most, the the easiest one to achieve. I think the Quakes won with Godoy, right? I, I think, or um, yeah, or or Harold Cummings. It was one of them that won that award. Um, I might be wrong, or they were close second, but um, no, Godoy did win it, and so that's something that's achievable. Yeah, so just to quickly run through them again in terms of likelihood of winning, 
I think the MVP award usually goes to a very high-profile player that's in a team, usually in the top three, maybe four at most in their conference. So I think that's going to leave out the Quakes players, unfortunately. Uh, There's been a lot of great young players this year in MLS. Brendan Aronson, for example, for the Philadelphia Union, who recently got moved to RB Salzburg. I think he might be the front runner for the Young Player Award. Or Dyke. Yeah, him too. Yeah. Uh, JT Marcinkowski didn't start enough for me to think that he's going to get the goalkeeper of the year shortlist. I think yeah. it usually goes to someone who is near the top of the clean sheet uh, leaderboard. So He does have a lot, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Defender of the year, I think some of those lopsided losses, unfortunately, are going to come back right. to haunt us. So I think newcomer of the year or maybe humanitarian of the year because Chris Wondolowski – like he is the heartbeat of San Jose Earthquakes and that to an true. extent mm-hmm. San Jose. Like even though like compared to like the Sharks, like this, there's more Sharks fans in San Jose, of course, than San Jose Earthquakes because the Sharks are, are, you know, super popular there. But everyone in San Jose and almost everyone in the Bay Area knows who Chris Wondolowski is. And it's yeah. not just because of his soccer exploits. It's not just because he played in a World Cup. It's because He's of the Chico person he State. is. No. <laughs> and, and it's not just because he played at Chico State. It's because of the work that he's done around the community and the time he takes to get to know the fans and get to and help people any way he can. So. Yeah, definitely. And then in the last bit of news – Minnesota United have signed Kevin Partita, uh, Sam Gleedy, and Foster Langsford. Uh, Langsdorf. Gleedle. Gleedle. Oh, Sam Gleedle. Gleedle. Sorry. I, I, I didn't want to mess that up, so thank you for taking that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm horrible with names. Foster Langsdorf from Reno, yep. uh, 1868. Um, so we, we, this is what hurt me the most. Um, have the Earthquakes <laughs> lost out on their potential – following a good season in USL and allowing that team or allowing a team that has been difficult to beat to get potentially stronger. Again, I'm going to start off with this one because we had Kevin Partida on the pod. He was having a great season, took Reno to the playoffs, converted as their penalty taker, scored crazy goals in central midfield. He's not a right back anymore. So all you guys thinking, oh, it's okay. We didn't need a right back. It's all right. That's not what he was playing. He was playing a lot of central midfield. And this one hurts us dearly here at Teutonic Takes. And we sent him a message. We wish him the best. Um, this is great news as fans of, of him and as of, you know fans of the player that he is. This is a great opportunity. He gets his feet wet in MLS again. Extremely happy for the guy. Big news congrats Kevin Partita but definitely hurts as a Quakes fan what do you guys think let's start with Will yeah I mean I just don't really initially like the team that he went to I mean <laughs> no, I, I I just think as a Quakes fan right now how we've played against Minnesota like yeah why do we need to give them more players that are you know obviously they had a really good season uh, for the USL and it's just like man it's just going to be that much more difficult to beat Minnesota because it seems like every time we play them we ne- we don't know how to play soccer anymore yeah it's a range of emotions flattery that minnesota united felt the need to sign players from the san jose quicks affiliate after being the crap out of us several times Uh, what else concern that the quakes aren't using their relationship with reno to the best of their abilities like there's still a connection there ian russell and matthias almeida 
have similar coaching styles, they're implementing the same system, and they operate in similar ways. But the, there has been a lack of players going out on loan from San Jose Earthquakes, yeah. partially because they have had to use their uh, youth players more. There was a stretch where there was injuries and getting used to the congested fixture schedule. But now we're starting to see that there's no one – in Reno, I can think of, except for maybe Emi Ochoa, that is, you know, a con- contracted to the San Jose Earthquakes. So I feel like that affiliate status doesn't really, you know, seem like it's being used to its potential. And yeah. you, the USL in particular is also trying to move away from the affiliate status. A lot of uh, two teams, like LA Galaxy 2, for example, they're still around, but other two teams are being rebranded right. uh, as there's they're trying to create it, another MLS like under 23 league as opposed to those teams competing in USL championship alongside single entity teams such as yeah. San Diego Loyal, Sacramento Republic, and so on and so forth. But yeah, that, um, yeah. that, I, mm-hmm. go ahead. sorry, sorry, Ivan, go, go, go. Yeah. Um, because th- these aren't players on loan in the Reno roster, they don't. Reno doesn't owe un- us anything. Like if they get offers from other teams, they're allowed to talk to whoever they want. But it's one of those things where, like, you'd expect San Jose Earthquakes to be on top of the situation and to try to put themselves in a position where they get first choice yeah. if there's any players that they want. I do think that. When Reno did very well this season, they were one of the best teams in USL. Right. They made it to the second round of the playoffs, losing barely to a pretty good Phoenix Rising team. And while the San Jose Earthquakes are doing very well with the roster they have, there are at least a couple players that I think you could have plucked from the Reno roster and added to this lineup, whether it be potential starters, French starters, or coming off the bench, right. that they would have helped this team in the long run. So. I think it might be a missed opportunity for the San Jose Earthquakes, but Definitely. you do have to move on and try to learn from the situation and see what else you can do to start to make moves to better yourselves in the future, like what Minnesota are doing. And we wish Kevin Partey the best. It's going to suck to see him play against us, but he's a player that deserves to be playing at the highest level that he can. Yeah, and this move really hurts because – we haven't made a single move this year, guys. We brought in Nalanis mm-hmm. on a loan, but we haven't made a permanent transfer for any single type of player. Please tell me that Kevin Partita wouldn't be able to do the job that Luis Felipe does. That's it's complete. What job? Yeah, right. <laughs> Coming on for eight minutes every, you know, six games. I would rather have a guy that's banging in goals and leading a team into the playoffs in USL than – uh, unfortunately, a guy that's head's not there sometimes. Again, in that Seattle game where, mm-hmm. where we lost 7-1, to one, Luis Felipe had the worst game I've ever seen someone have in a Quakes uniform. And this hurts because Kevin Partita was invested in this system and he was invested in this club and, and how he became about, how he came into the Quakes the first time. And then he had his injury and then he – worked his hardest to try to get back into game fitness, taking that Reno team into the playoffs and becoming one of their stars. And I hope 
I, I know this is an Earthquakes podcast, but I hope this is another Danny uh, Muzovsky situation because I do want to see Kevin Partita play stellar in the MLS, and I want Jesse Fiorinelli to see what are you doing? Like, you're not signing anybody. What are you doing in your office for so long? There, this guy probably came on a cheap. Kevin Partita's played for the club before. He knows the system. He can instantly help us if we go down with an injury to one of our main players. If we lose one of our main players and this becomes an issue for the playoffs for us, this is a move where I look straight at our GM and say, what were you doing in this situation? Why didn't you sign some coverage? Right. And while we're happy to make it to the playoffs and maybe the front office, I, I don't think they deserve the benefit of the doubt, but I'll give it to them in this hypothetical that maybe they had a few moves ready to go in case the Quakes were in a worse position than they are now. Yeah. And then they decided to keep it with their core. Like this team is good enough to make it to the playoffs and I'm hoping that they'll do it this season, but you can't continue to just rely on the same players and expect to go far in into the playoffs and potentially win an MLS Cup, which is the ultimate goal for 26 clubs right now. And 25 right. of them are making more signings than this one. So, Will, do you have anything to say about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just wanted to add on. I mean, we don't – I mean, yes, we can blame the GM for this and, you know, why he hasn't signed anyone. We know that through Quake's, you know, history, they have issues signing new players. But at the same time, I mean, this is only second year of Matias Almeida, and we don't know where Matias feels about Reno and, you know, yeah. obviously – so we don't, we don't know. I, I, it could be also that Matias maybe just didn't want him. You know, right. maybe he didn't like his play. I mean, I'm not saying Kevin wasn't worthy or anything like that, but I mean, you did mention that he should know the system, but I mean, I feel like no one knows Matias system until you're actually in it. Mm. And I, cause I feel like it's, it's very fluid and it's, you know, mar, a man marking system. And it, we've seen how it's, you know, obviously it goes up and down and right. I don't, I, it's hard to t- like to really look and see the big changes Matias would make, you know, on the field, you know? So, I mean, it's we just don't know. I feel like it's more of a Matias Almeida thing as far as who he kind of wants to bring on. I would assume that he would have more of a say, you know, to Definitely. get players in. Uh, to, then I feel like it would be they have probably have a more of a relationship where he would uh, get Matias's input when he brings on a player from now on. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely so, nice to see Reno get some sort of transfer fee, right, for these three guys. Is that it's undisclosed, but. They definitely will get something from them. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And I think Reno will be all right. I think in USL, you you do have to be making a lot of transfers in and out because as much as MLS is a transitional league, it's even more so in the USL level. So I think with the – they're making the right moves that they need to to be competitive in that division. And I'm sure that they'll be – they'll return to 2021 whenever that season starts as one of the better teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, if they have their coach, right. If mm-hmm. they have their coach, they'll, they'll still be very competitive. Ian Russell has that team streaking and always competitive. Again, I know Matias Almeida is coming back to form, but I wouldn't mind having Ian Russell if Almeida decided to leave to another club because he does seem that, it does seem like he does have 
a grasp of the locker room and always keeps a team in competitive nature when they have new players every year, which is a great sign. Yep. So that's, you know, it's a difficult uh, day to deal with those types of news because you think about what could have been if Sam's earthquakes, but unfortunately this is par for the course when it comes to this club and this sport and we have to make the best of what we have. So going into this past game from Wednesday, October 28th at Earthquake Stadium, the Sounds of Earthquakes got to a relieving an important 2-0 win over Rail Salt Lake. Yeah. Chris Wondolowski scored both his goals in the 15th minute and then the 73rd minute. The Quakes lineup was JT Marcinkowski in goal, back line of Lima, Youngworth, Alanis, and Lopez, Hudson in the defensive midfielder spot, Fierro and Christian Espinoza in the wings, Rios and Jackson Ewell in the middle, and Wando up top. With Very the subs normal. being 69th minute, Carlos Fierro coming on for Salinas. The first minute, Tommy Thompson coming on for Espinoza. Vodka coming on for Rios. Yeah, and then the baby. 89th minute, Cowell coming on for Wondolowski. So definitely the type of Quakes team that we're going to expect to see for the rest of the season, barring suspensions or injuries. Yeah, definitely. Vaco coming on was nice. I liked I liked mm-hmm. seeing Vaco back in the lineup. Kid Cowell, one touch too many. He should have shot it after that second touch. <laughs> but he made it. He'll he'll come with time. He made that angle a lot harder than it had to be. Um, but man, he makes an impact when he's on the field, and he's 17 years old. So that bar, more and more we're finding out that that Barca rumor is pretty real. So um, enjoy it while it happens, right? Yep. Uh, a clean sheet for this defense is always welcome. Uh, does a clean sheet uh, for Alanis in particular make you a bit more confident in him as the starter going forward, Will? What's that again? Sorry. So you were a bit concerned about whether Alanis was the best choice center back uh, for this stretch of matches, but he got a clean sheet along with the rest of this defense. Yeah, I mean, okay, yes, I was hard on Alanis, and just because <laughs> I felt like Beeson played, I think, uh, really, really well. I mean, I, I don't really find a game that Beeson – was really bad and really cost the Quakes a goal. Or he really did, uh, you know, I feel like he filled in for, uh, really well for two guys that were missing. I mean, it was Kashia and, and Alanis. Yes, these Beeson's yeah, first game, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, like I was saying, we could, we could try to find a game where he played bad. I mean, I'm not doubting that. But <laughs> I, what I'm saying is at least most of the time that I saw him, he played very well for, you know, being a rookie, you know, learning Matias' system, coming in for two veterans that, you know, we expected a lot of big things from. Very true. And he, play, he played very well with Flo. I think him and Flo got really built the chemistry, and I didn't think he was bad, and they were winning games when they did come to the end. And, but, yes, I, I, we did get Anisan alone, and, yes, he should be playing. And two of the losses that we had recently were with Anis, and he was <laughs> getting back into form. So I definitely was a little more harsh than – then, you know, I should be. And so, yeah, all needs to be in there. But I was also, I mean, we don't even see Beeson on the bench now. I don't know if we will be seeing him if Kashia is back looking like he's on the bench. Yeah, so we'll see if we do get a chance to see Jackson Yule again. It's, this is the part of the season where the, 
uh, starting 11 and even the subs that are used from game to game tend to be a bit more solidified until a yellow card suspension or something occurs. But if we don't see Beeson play another minute, I think at the very least, Quakes fans and the Quakes organization knows that they have a capable player that they can call upon for 2021. Scared me for a second. You said Jackson Ewell. I was like, what? We're not going to see Jackson Ewell again? Yeah. But, uh, no, Beeson. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> no worries. And then the RSL 11 was uh, uh, Andrew Putna, Aaron Herrera, Marcelo Silva, Needham Onua, Danny Toyo. Oh, yeah. I, think, wait, I think you got it right the first time. Uh, Nedum Onua. Yeah. Anua, Danny Toya, Michael Chang, Nick Be- Beasler, Everton Luis, Corey Baird, uh, Albert Rusnak, and Demir Kreishlash. Kreilak. Kreilak. Yeah. This Titanic taste has turned into watch Fabi struggle with names. So, the subs that came on for RSL, it was Pablo Ruiz in the 60th minute for Everton Luis. Uh, Justin Merrim, uh, a very talented player to come off the bench, uh, came on for Chang in the 60th minute as well. 69th, Justin Glad, one of their better defenders who might be uh, out of contract and leaving in the offseason. Yeah. Came on for Marcelo Silva, who was hurt. 84th minute was Douglas Martinez for Corey Baird. And then 85th minute, the lovable Kyle Beckerman, who has played for so long for Real Salt Lake and in MLS. Like, he played – he originally played for Miami Fusion. So, he played long enough for a Miami yeah. team to exist, to fold, and then for another one to be pop up in inter miami so what career he's had but uh a few stats so the quakes outshot rail salt lake 13 to 9 and crucially five to nothing on shots on target so rail salt lake they can't get it done today uh, yeah. or that day possession the quakes won that battle by 54 percent to 46 percent passing accuracy rail salt lake has slight edge 85 to 83 percent Chances created, Quakes had one, Real Salt Lake had none. And then Quakes led the corners department five to one. They each had 12 fouls, but the fouls that Real Salt Lake had were pretty bad. They had five yellow cards to Quakes two, and both had one offside. So I feel like the stats tell the story of the match pretty well. Yeah, five shots on target compared to zero is huge. I mean, this was a playoff game for RSL, and it seems like they just aren't a playoff caliber team. Um, we saw this in MLS's back. They are, they have a tendency to get yellow cards and really easily. And we saw that in MLS's back. They, they got a couple of reds, I believe, and a couple of yellows that game. Um, Silva got stamped or he, yeah, he, he got stepped on by Andy Rios. He was a little mad. He, he he had all the credit to be mad. Um, but Mm -hmm. the, (laughs) the coach took him off before he had a red card, but we could have saw another red card in this RSL game easily. Um, and then, yeah, so we're 11, 11 and 11 going into this game, adding to already a must win aura to this, of this fixture. So, yeah, so both teams had 11 wins and then there was 11 draws in the first 33 oh, wow. games between these two teams in MLS history. So that's pretty remarkable, right? You're right. It's, it's insane. Um, that, that was the, yeah, 
the, the, the planets lined up and we won on the day where we had to. Um, right. And Finally. points per game, right? So we needed that win. I remember we were talking about it, how it was going to happen, and, and we got our answer, right? It's going to be points per game. So hopefully we get into the playoffs. I hope a team doesn't get screwed out of it, but we'll see. And then um, the field doesn't look like it seemed – doesn't look like it's getting any better. Will, the grass expert yeah. – the grass <laughs> expert on this pod, Will, what yeah, you think you know, I, I went there, you know, I smelt the field. I felt it. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not up to par. You know, I talked, I tried to talk to the grounds keepers, you know, slid them a 20 been like, Hey man, like what's going on? Like, no, but uh, yeah, it's not getting any better. Um, like, like I said, we're just hoping next season we're going to sign 20 new guys and like <laughs> have an amazing field. And that's, you know, that's all we can hope for, but yeah, it's so, definitely not getting any better. Will slid him a 20 and he was like, great. This is for, fertilizer i appreciate that fisher doesn't give us anything so yeah. <laughs> oh it's terrible but yeah it doesn't look like it's getting any better um in the 13th minute so this is kind of the highlights of the game in the 13th minute the quakes gave me a heart attack playing out the back very dangerous jt oh gosh. really looks confident on the ball but there was a, a second where he i think he passed the ball across goal right and it was just oh like oh my gosh it was like, oh, dude, if this was Daniel Vega, that would have been a goal. But it's not. It's JT. So. Yeah, the thing is, we're also like, they're not the best team in MLS, but still, if Albert Rusnak was playing as the false nine striker, and he, he's a very capable player. So I would be very scared to play off the back if I was a goalkeeper facing him. But JT Marcin Neuer had nerves of steel this game. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so Chris Wondolowski scored the opening goal, contributing to a uh, brilliant dummy uh, to Christian Espinoza initial shot, which hit the post. But Wando was first to the ball and put it to put it in, and that's Wando, Wando, oh Wando. That I is, love that song. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> that was. That's, you know, that's our captain. That's the goal that he wants. That's the goal that he's there for. He puts it in the back of the net, not like other poachers in this league that are getting paid way more that play for a team where it's warm all the time and uh, in the likes of Hollywood. <laughs> Carson. Hint, <laughs> hint. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, JT Mustin Neuer makes an appearance in this game, playing out the back very often. Like Ivan said earlier, are we going to start that? Are you going to start that, Marcin Neuer? I've been- yeah, but I don't recall any other game where JT made that many passes in, like, that part of the field. So, you know, if this is how he wants to play going forward, I wish him the best of luck. But, like – But he's confident, he, and that's good. Yeah, he's confident. He's confident, and I just hope he's confident and he remains that confident. And then as, he, as the games continue, then – my blood pressure won't be as high. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, um, so putting up with the Ramondo S save in the 28th minute on a Wando goal, Wando could easily had a hat trick this game, um, but mm-hmm. he definitely putting up, saw that ball at the last second, extended his arms and put it to the corner. Um, but that was a great save. The closing stages of the first half and the first 15 minutes of the second half were largely RSL dominated. Although Nick Bezler, Earned a yellow card for bringing down Carlos Fierro, which Carlos Fierro's new name is going to be uh, JJ Masias Bait. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Seriously. Um, uh, so <laughs> JJ Masias bait in the Quakes' first real opportunity of the second half. Um, that sounds so close to jailbait. That's not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This is a kids' podcast. We can't talk. About it. This is JJ Masias bait. It's different. It's different. Um, All right. All but right. Carlos Fierro, keep playing well because we want to give you the Chivas so that we can get Alanis on a permanent. Will's favorite player um, and JJ Masias, <laughs> Ivan's new but, favorite player. But. To be honest, though, if he's playing well, I'm happy for him to stay at San Jose for weeks, no, too. No. Like, yeah. This is Vaco cool. season, cool. baby. Get out, yeah. get out of there, <laughs> all right? All right. Um, there was uh, one other notable moment in the first half. Uh, Jackson Yule's last-minute tackle saved a potential equalizer in the 41st minute. The following corner, and that was their only corner of the game, as we mentioned earlier, hit the post. Uh, although JT got hand to it, and then he hit, then it hit the post after his hand. So, and then JT was able to clean the ball before anyone else got a rebound opportunity. So, I am. That was another uh, heart and mouth moment there, where you just thought, "Oh, is this is where they're going to equalize?" And ho- thankfully, that RSL can capitalize. Yeah. Yeah, and then we saw, I mean, RSL still struggling with uh, Kira, Kiralak. Uh, I Kralak? think they got a Kralak. I thought it was Kralich. No? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> The hardest team I today, know. Dave. Seriously. Uh, he got got another yellow card, you know, similarly like, following a confrontation with Nick Lima. You know, Nick Lima always seems to be getting in those kind of things sometimes. Uh, Justin <laughs> Miram comes off the bench, keep on, keep the pressure on. Um but it uh, looks like Nick Lima, you know, that's why we were talking about him being the defensive player that he is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, passed down the wing to Chase Salinas and proceeds to, you know, Salinas doing going to Wondolowski, right, in the six-yard box where Wando can just take it and then, you know, do what he does best. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was also, you know, just great to see that we got Vaco back, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, it was. Everyone, everyone's not going to complain about that. So it was great to see Vaco, you know, make his first appearance, return from Georgia's duties. And, you know, the wonderful legend came on for Real Salt Lake. But, I mean, it was too late. The game was, you know, too over for him. But, I mean, the biggest, you know, big thing we got going is Kate Cowell coming in and almost scoring a goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you guys like? I mean, come on. We, we, we should have gotten a goal right there, right? I mean, no Give Kate Cowell more playing time. They put him in the 89th minute. Like, you don't treat a player that's that good like that. You got to yeah. give him – at least 15 minutes. Like you know what's game. crazy is they put him in that minute and he already had an opportunity to score, right? So Yeah, I he's know. He's a special player. Exactly. So he's the type of player you got to play, play more. With the way that both Espinosa and Fierro are playing right now, it is tough to want to shift to that uh, wing partnership there. But Kate Cowell can definitely do with a bit more playing time there. Yeah, and um, – Vaco, did you guys see how he's playing out there? He had a great hold-up play. He, I had bit, like, I remembered Quincy Ameriqua, and I was like, wow, Vaco's turning into Quincy right now with that hold-up play for Cade. So that was a nice little partnership I wasn't expecting to see. They almost had, yeah, a couple of opportunities to score when uh, RSL was really pressing. But Vaco, playing, he's playing out there like he's playing with, like, little kids, dude. He, he, he has such good hold-up play to keep the ball in his feet. He need, we need to see some more Vaco time, right? But yeah, uh, the 
RSL defense is definitely something that they're going to want to improve in the offseason. I know that they've assumed that Justin Glass is going to move, so they're not even bothering starting him anymore. But <laughs> Nadir Monua, for example, he, he played for Manchester City. He was yeah. before the takeover in 2008, and then he was one of the players that stuck around a little bit before they finally moved him on to QPR. And yeah. he's definitely – he's shown he's an MLS – level defender at times but if he's your best centered center back or maybe it's Marcelo Silva if he's one of your starting two center backs I think you you gotta try to look for another option yeah like a guy named Osvaldo Alanis defender of the year nominee okay (laughs) newcomer of the year nominee okay all right one stud one dud I'll go first stud I'm going to go with the obvious choice here. Chris Wondolowski. This is a game that he needed to have. It was a game that everyone associated with San Jose Earthquakes needed to have as well. That Now everyone's swelling with optimism with two games potentially left to go in this MLS season. And Chris Wondolowski, he's getting it done. Big players playing big in big games. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely appreciated what he was able to do in that game. And then the dud, no one on the Quakes deserves a dud for me. So I'm going to give it to Craylock again for trying to flop for a penalty. I thought yeah. that was pretty lame. And he added to the ridiculous uh, total of five yellow cards for Real Salt Lake. They, they just lost in every aspect of the game that night. Yeah, and uh, my stud's going to go to the Casemiro of Cupertino, all right? Shout out to JPM <laughs> on Twitter. Houston had a great game um, attacking the ball. He's he's what I'd like to say are our Chihuahua with bite. All right, he, <laughs> he he's out there just getting the ball, always always you know pestering people, making sure that Jackson Yule has the space to succeed. And he doesn't get a lot of highlights. Unfortunately, he doesn't get a lot of praise. But the Casemiro of Cupertino is my stud and then my dud goes with Cray Lodge too. Um I think that flop the way he like moves his body to, to try to move it into Nick Lima was very mm-hmm. obvious. You get a dud for that. Well what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah um I'm gonna go with my stud. Uh I you know I was hard on this general person on the last podcast and he you know he proved me right uh the you know today or not, excuse me, the other day, and it was Matias Almeida. Um, okay. I, I was, you know, calling him out for, you know, taking out bad times for subs and not winning games when we need to win a game, and especially against a team we should have beat uh, in Vancouver. But, you know, we needed a win, and it was against a team that we should have beaten, which we got finally got a win. And so I'm going to give it to Matias, and he did, you know, actually put on some subs at a decent time. And, I mean, obviously they put on the super sub of, Chase Salinas and like what he does, he gets a you know assist to Chris Wondolowski doing what mm-hmm. he does best. Yeah, crazy. Uh, At the age thirty four, still still producing, right? Yeah, and that's why we're gonna re-sign him next year anyway. Uh, but my dad <laughs> is, uh, you know, I'm just gonna go with it. Every we all saw like player that had a yellow card, you know. But they, yeah, it was, it was just way too many. I mean, five is that's that's just crazy. That's a lot. So I'm that's gonna, half the lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's half the lineup, and that's that's not supposed to be happening. So that all those guys, five of them, you got it. Duds. Yeah. <laughs> usually, when teams, usually in these cases, it happened to both teams. But when 
at least one team gets that many yellow cards, it becomes an infamous game. Like Balfour or Nuremberg in the 2006 World Cup, Netherlands versus Portugal, or the 2010 World Cup final where the Netherlands were out of control. RSL weren't that bad, but still, it was, you know, they were just frustrated. And, like, we've been there. Like, granted, I don't think Quicks, they tend to foul and get yellow cards that much very mm. often. But still, like, we've been there where, like, it's just not happening for you today in any aspect. And you just have to regroup and figure out what you can still do. Real Salt Lake are yeah. not eliminated. They kind of might as well be, but they're still <laughs> in with a chance. So, like, their season's not over, and there's no fight in any team. In, there's no lack of fight in any team in MLS until they are eliminated for good. And the fan poll for the man of the match, by 83%, I think we had 40 votes in this poll on Twitter. By 83%, Wando won your man in the match award. 9.5% was Judson, a.k.a. the Casemiro of Cupertino, as his uh, <laughs> burner account is aptly named. We got 4.8% for JT. We'd love to see JT get his clean sheets. And 2.4% for Fierro. So... A bit of love there. Wait, 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 wait. You mean JJ Masias Bay? Come on, dog. That's his new name. But uh, no, uh, going back to what you were saying, Ivan, about Quakes getting yellow cards, we don't really get caught with the tactical fouls a lot. Um, like mm-hmm. RSL got at least three yellow cards just from tactical fouls where they're out, mm-hmm. you know, caught out on the counter and they just grab something so they can take out the guy. And take a yellow like that so we don't get caught that much with that at least mm-hmm. um right. yep and then on the tectonic takes twitter we asked for your feedback on what the earthquakes should do to honor legendary earthquakes career of shay salinas um and here are some of the highlights retire his number was that can be doable that's i mean they didn't retire wandos yet but they probably will retire eight um Rename the corner where he kicked the flag to Selena section. Easily done. They could do that. Um, so this one's probably one of the funniest ones. But buy him some DeWalt power tools. It's, it's the longest lasting power tools. And, and it works for him for the long run. And then Chase Selena's actually retweeted that. And he was like, hey, you know, I would like some power tools. So shout out <laughs> to, to getting Chase Selena some power tools. Um, create a milkshake at the food truck. At the stadium called the Shake Shack, <laughs> and then a lot of them were get him a cup. Chase place at the stadium. They serve up a drink called the Assist Rum, pineapple juice, Jaeger, uh, grenadine, splash of tequila. Not a well, bad idea. Ooh. A drink at the bar is not a bad idea. That's actually a pretty good idea. Idea. Um, Earthquakes Plaza should start by having statues of past and soon to be present Quakes alumni. I definitely see Salinas with the Wando at the front gate as well as past um, as the past grades. And then this one's a little on the harsher side by extending his contract. So definitely they can honor him in a, in a plethora amount of ways. Ivan, Will, what were you guys' favorites? And then we'll start with Ivan. I think giving him some sort of naming a part of the stadium after him is a great way to do it. I think it's a incredible tradition in all sports and it really does show that while the stadium is an endeavor and it's an investment in ownership, it 
ultimately the stadium and the club itself does belong to the fans. And there's no sport that this is truer in, in soccer. And maybe this is the romantic in me because I know MLS is run very differently compared to England and Italy and Belgium and everywhere else, practically, except for Australia. But, you know, (laughs) because a league is similar, but that's, you know, uh, but the point is that it shows that we our, our feelings towards these players who have given us so much over the years are being heard. And we hope that he will be honored at some point. Chase Lance, like Chris Wondolowski, uh, they are going to be a part of this club long after they retire. And I know earlier in the season, like I was a bit critical of Chase Lance. I was thinking, does he have a place in the squad in the near future? Because yeah. you, you, you don't see his impact as it quite as with one of does, although he's had some incredible moments this season. But this last month in particular, Chase Lanes has turned the corner. Every time he stepped foot on the field, he has given us good minutes. And he, it's just a reminder of his overall body of work. Yeah, definitely. I think naming a corner flag Chase Salinas corner – or the sections in the corner flags is something that costs them no money and they can easily do. So knowing the quakes FO and there's a way to make or pay homage to a player that is a a legend to your fans. uh, That's an easy way to do it. Will, what do you think? Um, First one that, you know, always sticks out to me is uh, get them a cup. Yeah. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's what we want. That's why we're fans. That's what we want to see. We want to see guys like that. I mean, Guys that have been there for so long, like, you know, Wando and Chase Salinas are the first ones that come to mind. It's just like how the San Jose Sharks have missed their opportunities with their long-term players. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're not going to get into big detail about that, but the point is, is guys that have been there putting, you know, their blood, sweat, and tears for your team and been, you know, getting all these record, tying records, all the goal-scoring leader, and, you know, the end result hasn't happened yet, and we're hoping that it does sooner than later. So, yeah, get him a cup. And I definitely would want to try this drink out, uh, you know, that they Chase have place. at the bar. Yeah, I would have – I feel like I would have to try it out make sure it's good, you know. Enough. <laughs> uh, but then – and then, yeah, definitely. Uh, but, I mean, of course, the, there's the simple stuff, like retire in a number that's, like, very well possible. And then definitely the, uh, the corner flag, like you said, is very doable. Yeah, I don't think the retirement of the number is going to happen. Um, not like Wando. Wando, I think, is going to get his number retired but the corner flag and the drink easily can be done. Mm-hmm. The drink would be awesome, right? That's some interaction <laughs> with the fans, right? That's something that would be like, oh, yeah, dude. Did you get it's a Shays? conversation starter. Yeah, did you get the Shays place at Avaya? Or, sorry, I'm sorry, Earthquake Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, yeah, yeah, it's something that, I mean, if I was the PR marketing or if I was some sort of person in the FO listening to this, those are good, easy ways to make – you know, an impact with your fan base. Yep. Uh, so before we get into the fan questions, I do want to acknowledge that uh, Quake 74, a user on the Discord server for the San Jose Earthquakes, he created this incredible document which shows so many different permutations and scenarios. He's got it all lined up on these tables and it's so well organized. We don't have the time to go through it in depth. But I will post a link to it on the description of this podcast. And pretty much it shows all the different scenarios. If both the LAFC match does happen, 
and if it doesn't and the bottom line is if the LAFC match is postponed the Quakes will clinch a playoffs if the Vancouver draws or loses and RSL and LA Galaxy comes to a draw so unfortunately due to the points per game scenario as well as the lack of a match to gain points in that scenario that the Quakes would have to rely on other teams dropping points to clinch the playoffs this weekend in the event of a postponement. And, yeah. But the even worse case scenario than that, if the Quakes lose this game, if a match does happen and they lose, they need to get at least one point on decision day. It says they need to get a result, which I assume means just one point. Right. Uh, but three is definitely better than one. And it, they'll have to rely on the results of other teams. So. Imagine how different it would be. Like, because I'm so happy that they beat the Real Salt Lake, but imagine how much easier this would have been, though, if they held on for at least a draw against Vancouver Whitecaps, because right. that's still haunting us. Yeah. And I want, I'm going to say I'm kind of happy that this game might be canceled, but in a perfect world, this, if the, if the, uh, excuse me, if the Seattle Sounders game was canceled, that would have been better. Because I feel like we beat LAFC away once. We can maybe do it again. But Seattle, yeah, we're not going to beat them. The best we can hope for is a draw, right? Hold them to Jordan Morris not having any shots on goal. Um, and maybe we get a, a draw. It's going to come down to if the other teams can beat Real Salt Lake and Vancouver. And then let's hope that we don't get Seattle in the first round. That's that's my realistic take on it. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just so complicated now, right? I mean, the the points the points per game system has like you know it's changed everything, and I mean, I wish we could have I don't know I they, I wish they could have came up with a quicker solution, or like you know this earlier you know like, this is what we're gonna do instead of right. it being like three games left the season and then you're like oh yeah this is how we're doing it this is how yeah. the playoffs are gonna be. You're like, wait, what? And then now you saw how the big movement in the bottom of the Western Conference of teams that are now like pretty much mathematically almost out of it automatically just after just one thing the MLS came out with. And it's just like, right. oh, wow. So it's just it's just really sketch, you know, and I'm like, I'm not a mathematician. So I'm like, uh, if we did it analytically, yeah. like how does this going to work in our math to like with these results? So but luckily, some Quakes fans are and they made a they made a Google Doc of it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so once know, again, thank you to Quake Seventy Four for sharing this with the Discord and allowing us to use it on the podcast. You did a great job with this, and I will definitely, while I'm eating some Halloween candy, I will try to study a bit more so I can correctly, to the right level, panic depending on the result against LAFC on Sunday. So now we're going to get into some fan questions. The first one comes from. Chrissy Barra, someone that I had the pleasure of talking to at the Quakes Watch Party presented by Intermedia. So, Will, why don't you uh, tell us what he asked? Yeah, uh, he said, um, how would you describe the way Vaco runs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, a very serious question to get us started here. Uh, when I think of Vaco, I, I immediately think of dribbling. Sometimes he dribbles himself out of trouble. Sometimes he dribbles himself into trouble. So, someone who is that erratic and – but is capable of doing pretty cool things. 
I wouldn't say it's quite as chaotic as like the Tasmanian Devil from Looney Tunes, but another similar character, definitely the Roadrunner. I think <laughs> that's a good way to describe the way he runs. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, so I'm gonna. <laughs> this is gonna sound a little bad, but he kind of runs like a fat kid that that got skinny. He doesn't realize how 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 fast he is, but he's still using his arms to like defend himself from the people getting the ball, and he's really strong on the ball. So it's like uh, that big boy that's out there on the pitch that no one can take the ball from. That's that's how I kind of think Vaco runs with the ball. But I mean, dude's fast, so he's he's definitely not a big boy, but he runs like that, and that's something that I've always liked seeing. Just manning people up, you know, holding the ball up for other players to get the runs out I, I do like how Vaco how Vaco plays yes <laughs> well do you have an apt comparison in your mind oh I mean no no honestly not really I uh, when I just see Vaco doing his thing it's just like I feel like he's just his mind is like in a million different places at once right like you know that's what he's doing with the feet with his ball like he's just going everywhere and then sometimes you're just like wait wait where are you going and then sometimes you're like, oh, oh, wow, Vaco, you just did something great. And then other times you're just like, wait, what, like, what was that? So, I mean, Vaco's just up and down. I mean, we heard it from Ted you know, the other night. Uh, Vaco is, just comes in waves and when he's playing really well and then when he's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like an energizer bunny too. And that can also apply to Kate Cowell, who is in instant impact whenever he comes off the bench. And I think the biggest decision, I mean – Biggest factor in terms of being an effective winger is decision-making. It helps to be fast. It helps to have uh, the ability to do skills and dribble Mm. and all that. But knowing when to use those moves and when to cross, when to shoot, when to pass, that decision-making will make you an effective player in any league. So uh, what's the next question, Will? Yeah, the next is from Mike uh, Pizzo on Facebook. Um, With the season ending late and training camp for 2021 not that far off, what will the FO approach during the offseason to improve the team? Uh, He also has kind of a two-parter here. In addition, Almeida stated that he wants to see which players – which players would be able to count on uh, moving forward. How, How much would that drive the decisions being made? Uh, Fabi, you want to crack at this one? Yeah, yeah, I'll take this first. Um, we're kind of seeing this in the in the NHL offseason, right? It's it's shortened. Um, teams are already kind of already in match fitness, so they're not going to have to get into match fitness again. So we should we should be able to you know kind of go through with it as just like if it was, I guess, like a really short offseason, like. If we had a break in the middle of a season, that's kind of how we they're going to be approaching it uh, for fitness. But for the FO, we should s- start seeing rumors now, and we are seeing rumors now. Um, the Quakes are really tight-lipped. I mean, Jesse Fiorinelli doesn't let anything really get out, but we should start seeing rumors come out and guys coming in for at least the next season. Um, but hopefully that's, that's what we start seeing. Um, and I think – Almeida already has in mind what players he wants for next season. So we'll start seeing if we re-sign players and if we don't re-sign players, the decisions being made in front of us. Speaking just briefly about the NHL, uh, a team that's definitely won this offseason is the Arizona Coyotes. I'll leave it at that. If you want to know more, you can Google search it. But uh, I think 
it is definitely premature to try to forecast what kind of moves are going to be made this offseason for various reasons. This is not a typical year. The schedule for everything has been moved around for every single sport and league that you can think of. And it really just depends. There's everything to gain and everything to lose in these next two games. So I think Almeida does have a plan. I think he's done a good job keeping his cards close to his vest because the types of players that he brings in, they're not the players that have long, drawn-out transfer sagas. Like, we didn't have months right. of, oh, will Fierro sign, will Rio sign, stuff yeah. like that. But I think he's earned a little bit more benefit of the doubt right now. I think we're starting to see mm. things come together. And there's going to inevitably, unless I'm, San Jose Earthquake somehow win the MLS Cup, there's going to inevitably come that time, whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs, where right. they lose a game, depending on how they lose. If they lose, like, maybe an extra time or if they lose, like, 2-1, then you blame the playoffs. And we're going to still have faith in this score for 2021. But if they get outclassed, like, 4-0, then like you're going to start asking a bit more questions. Yeah, yeah, like, against the Vancouver Whitecaps. I believe that might have been 5-0. But, you know, the point is it wasn't even close. Um so, yeah, I think that answers the question. Oh, Will, do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I think you guys nailed it. I mean, we'll we'll really see what what's going to happen during this offseason and what Matias is going to have in mind and what, you know, the what the GM is going to have in mind. It's it's going to be interesting, um, especially if the Quakes do make the playoffs and make it, you know, a run. We'll never know what's going to really happen. But, yeah, for the most part, I think you guys nailed it. We could just uh, crack at the next question. All right. Jorge Martinez on Facebook asks, how will the points per game affect us? It seems like it can be a negative situation as Rapids are back into it. Uh, Fabi, I know you have a lot to say on the subject. So so before we get into that, I'll just briefly say that before it was points per game, like I remember it was Quake 7, Vancouver 8, and then Rapids were either 9th or 10th. And then with points per game, the Rapids jumped all the way to eighth. So while it did make an impact on the league table, I think the good news is that Quakes remain ahead even with points per game. So that is like the silver lining, but it does make things scarier. And we keep talking like someone's going to get screwed in this scenario and we won't know until the end of decision day. So go ahead, Fabi. Yeah, um, points per game is going to affect us greatly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't – there's so much news coming out with the LAFC not being able to play or if we're going to play and so many things that – so many inputs that can go into this points per game that it just makes it a, a whirlwind of problems. Um, I think – I don't really think that the Colorado Rapids deserve that since they did not play those games. Um, but again, what if another team got an outbreak like we're seeing with LAFC? I think this points per game is is definitely the best way about it because if another team had an outbreak like we're seeing, there's no other way to do it. Will? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's just a hard situation that we're in, you know. And we're right now, well, at least we're fortunate that we aren't completely, you know, out, you know, we're in the playoffs. You know, I feel, I mean, I feel for the teams that are out, and I would be infuriated, honestly, if I was the team that wasn't in the playoff spot right now. I would be mm-hmm. hating what they're what they're doing. I'd be like, wow, really? It took this long. 
know, I'd be making a big, much more bigger right. deal if I was out of the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. But since we are, I'm just glad we are. I mean, it's, yeah. But like I said, it affects everything, and we just need to actually just do our part and, you know, probably win one more game, and that should at least lock us in, hopefully. Two teams that shouldn't feel upset, though. I think Dynamo and Galaxy, they were the bottom two either way. So, like, they're not going to be mad about the points per game. They're just going to be mad at themselves for their awful seasons. So, <laughs> yeah. to put it bluntly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Ted Ramey put it best when we interviewed him that if our biggest – if one of our biggest pressing concerns that is keeping us up at night is how will points per game affect the San Jose Earthquakes – then we're doing pretty well in a time where so many people are going through real shit right now. And some of us here still are too. Like we've had problems, you know, finding work or maintaining work hours. Uh, Some of us have moved houses. Like it's a really difficult time. So it's definitely something to put in perspective. And this is what we signed up for when we got any form of MLS during this pandemic. And we're going to try to ride the wave as much as we can. Definitely. Uh, the next one comes from Anik Rusinov, uh, one of the more active uh, San Jose Earthquakes fans. Uh, he's on a few different platforms, so it's nice to hear from him. If these Minnesota transfers mean the relation, he wants to know if these Minnesota transfers mean the relationship between San Jose Earthquakes and Reno is straining. And I do think it does say something when you look up whatever resource you want, like Wikipedia is a, you know, it's not the most reliable resource for like a research paper, but mm. in terms of like fact checking sports stuff, everything is usually laid out very clearly. Whoa. If you see on the Reno page, not a single player, I think on loan as of now from San Jose earthquakes, and it shows that San Jose earthquakes aren't taking advantage of the fact that Reno is their affiliate club. And is already like it's not the strongest affiliate relationship because they were once affiliates with San Sacramento Republic and then it shifted to Reno. So I think if they're not under contract under San Jose Earthquakes, like as hard as it is for us to swallow sometimes, they do those players in that organization they don't owe San Jose Earthquakes any sort of priority to give us their players if whoever comes up to them whoever gives them the best offer that makes the most sense for them they're going to get the players that they want and i think all that i suggest sounds earthquakes do is that they remain in communication with reno they ask them okay what do you think about these players are these players thriving in the system do you think this player uh, is ready for a step up probably did though player on and could have. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens behind the scenes. Right. But I just hope that behind the scenes that there is still a level of communication that we are not privy to. And I think there's still a good relationship there. But I think as a whole, as we mentioned, USL Championship in particular is trying to move away from the affiliate teams and the next uh, stage of fringe players on the Earthquakes team that won't get a lot of minutes at MLS level they'll be playing in the MLS under 23 league that is currently in, in the works. My biggest takeaway from that was a community college professor just said Wikipedia is good. What? <laughs> it's 
not good for research papers. And the only exception is if you find a source at the end where it says references, you have to use that external source. Do not cite Wikipedia page on a college paper. Cite one of the Wikipedia pages sources. That is totally okay because if it's just on a paper, they can't tell if it's from Wikipedia or not unless yeah. they do a Google search. Right. But anyway, the point is though, like <laughs> it, for, and I'll admit, some of my preparation for the for these podcasts, I do look at the Wikipedia pages because it is not, clean, it is organized, it's right. easy to find right. information, and you know, I'm. It's just one of many sources I'm checking, so I do check that all the yeah. information is accurate. Definitely. And I have a quick answer to this and then we'll, we'll see if you have anything. Um, the relationship's over. I mean, it's, it's evident it's over. Um, this is like, this is like your girlfriend giving away the stuff that, that you gave her for Christmas to, to another guy. So (laughs) Alexa play lucid dreams. Yeah. yeah. That was all girls are the same. All right. All right. My juice world, right? Married? No, no, but this. <laughs> no. this oh, the song title. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um. <laughs> okay, nice save there, Fabi. Yeah. Come on, come on. Uh, no, Probably but married he's probably gonna edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's cool. Um, we. Um, it's just a juice world song. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I um, know. I know. It's it's a song title. You're good, Taylor Swift. Don't worry. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, this relationship's over. Will, do you have anything to say? About mm-hmm. it? I mean, Oakland Roots, right? That's gonna be uh, our goal. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm all in this idea that this is Matias Almeida's show, and if he wants to be affiliated with somebody, it's he'll be affiliated with them. Um, I don't know if it's you know a GM thing or a new head coach because I mean we've gone through several head coaches in like the last what five ten years we, we've right. gone through several head coaches. So these these bridges that we build can easily fall every time we get a new coach. Right. I mean, if a new coach thinks that, oh, I'm not, why would I even bother with this Reno team? Like, we're not going to even think about it. Then, I mean, that's sometimes that's how it could be. Look, I think the, the earthquakes are going to break the relationship with Reno just to make one with the Oakland roots because the Oakland roots can help market their team and their area better than Reno could help them financially, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, There's no guarantees, though, because we don't necessarily know what Oakland Roots' motive in that relationship with San Jose Earthquakes. It could be a bit of a uh, kind of mini rivalry-ish, or it could be uh, they just focus on themselves for a bit. But it is possible that just as San Jose Earthquakes hopped from Sacramento Republic to Reno, that they could hop from Reno to Oakland. And who knows, maybe in 30 years – uh, we get a USL team called the Santa Rosa Snoopies, and then they become <laughs> the uh, well, yeah, because Charles Schultz was born in Santa Rosa, the writer of the Peanuts. Well, but um, we, we got to talk to Knott's Berry about that franchise, okay? Or we got to talk to <laughs> Cedar Farm, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, maybe the, the San Jose Earthquakes are becoming the bachelorette of MLS, trying to have every different team in, in hey, California and Nevada be their affiliate at some point. I'm gonna give Oakland roots the last rose okay because they're the best financially they're the best marketing team and they market to people in my area so come oakland roots come receive your last this rose i hope um you're not mad at me for going on dates with other 
other teams, but we're here. Let's <laughs> All get right, Fabi, uh, you can uh, take yeah. the next two questions. All right, so Devin on Twitter, if we cannot play LAFC, how good are the San Jose Earthquakes' chances to reach the playoffs with just Seattle left on the schedule? Could an extra rest give them a better chance of getting a good result? Will, what good do you think? Point. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Ivan just said, it is a good point that if we don't play, we might have a good chance. Uh, I mean, a little more rested against uh, Seattle, maybe have a different game plan to actually steal a game against Seattle. But I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier about how, you know, it's possibly better not to play at all than to actually play. And if we lose, so, I mean, it's like I said, now we're going into that whole thing. If we look at uh, the person that helped us uh, with all this mathematical stuff. Uh, right. Um, I mean, so at the end of the day, I mean, it does help us a little bit if we do not play and we just, but it's going to be tough though to get a result against Seattle anyway. So uh, it, like I said, it's right. just, who knows, who knows? It, mm-hmm. I don't know. You guys can give me an, another thought maybe. Ivan? Yeah, I think – a lot of times you go to the rest versus rest debate, but the rest part isn't really applicable because it feels like they've played a hundred games these last few months. Like there's no way that this team is rusty. I think if you do have to put all your eggs in one basket, you put all your chips to the center of the table for this game at CenturyLink field against the reigning MLS cup champions. And one of the favorites to win the title here, then you got to go for it and you got to hope that you use that extra time to heal up, rest up, you study your opponent more, mm-hmm. you practice a bit more. And there's no excuses. Like regardless of whether you're playing Seattle Sounders or uh, LA Galaxy 2, like you got to go out there and play your best soccer and get the result to get the job done. The goal right. of the season is to make the playoffs. It's not to come close and miss out at the last second because that already happened in 2019 with Definitely. the same core. So you do have to adapt to the situation regardless of what happens. Those are the benefits of the LAFC game being canceled. You lose out on three points you can earn, but you also lose out on three points that you could lose and your goal difference hurting and your points per game hurting. Right. So it is a balancing act. I think the Quakes – it's all up to them. Their fate is in their own hands. I'm not going to say that they're going to have a better or worse shot at making the playoffs just playing Seattle versus playing both Seattle and LAFC because even though they beat LAFC once, these are both really good teams. Yeah, exactly. And I think playing Seattle is hard either way, like Will said. Um, having rest or having no rest, it's going to be a really hard game to overcome either way. The next question comes from uh, Mattelio on Twitter. Uh, what the hell? Referencing <laughs> Minnesota United transfer. At what point do we rotate the starters a bit? Again. So we already covered the Minnesota yeah. part. We just felt like that was an apt response. And that's what I thought when I first saw the tweet too. I'm like, yeah. how did this happen? So Mattelio, like we understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And then when do we rotate the starters a bit? I'm going to quickly answer this one. Never. This is a Matias Almeida show. He likes to keep the same guys in um, that have won and have put out results for him. So unless there's an injury or a um, card accumulation. Suspension. We're, yeah, we're going to see the same squad. Um, um, 
Yeah, the time to rotate the team was definitely earlier in the season when you were adjusting to this every three game schedule where you were trying to figure out, okay, which of these players can we rely on in the long haul of this uh, weird season? But now you've established, you know, these are our best choice starters. These are the players that we can rely on on the bench. And then everyone else, all hands on deck if necessary. Keyword if necessary, though. So yeah, for the, the rest of the season, everyone's rules are kind of pigeonholed at this point. But in the off season, th- things get reassessed. Okay. And then our next question is: Eric Tran on Twitter, can San Jose Earthquakes rely on Reno um, to San Jose Pipeline if Minnesota can make moves like that? We'll start with Will. We kind of gone over this a bit, but Will, if you want to give a quick answer to that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like we've, you know, we've kind of gone over this a lot now. Um, I like, I think we're kind of just at a point where the Reno San Jose thing just doesn't seem like it's really happening anymore. I mean, I I just think, you know, Reno's clearly moved on. San Jose's kind of clearly moved on. And now teams are seeing that, you know, they're paying attention to the USL and Minnesota Mm -hmm. got three, I mean, at least one. Uh, really good player. I mean, that meant a lot of, to Fabi with and Kevin. Yeah, and and the other ones are just going to add on uh, to be additions to help their team out. Yeah, yeah. Man. I guess Adrian Heath has an ESPN Plus account. <laughs> hey, Will, do you want to make that quick drive up to Reno for us and touch the grass one last time? And maybe kick the ball around one last time <laughs> before before the it's over comes. You know, just just before that happens because you know it's happening. Just touch and the then grass afterwards, a bit. and then afterwards, buy yourself something nice from uh, Circus Circus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, before before Ian Russell comes out and tells you it's not you, it's me. Please, please get a picture. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a whole vlog of it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, but I think the solution, though, is Gad loan your players. That's it's as simple as that. Uh, Chelsea, they aren't just signing any random player from Vitesse. They loan their players to Vitesse, and then right. they decide whether they want to use them or not. And unfortunately, in Chelsea's case, or unfortunately for the Chelsea youngsters' case, 90% of them, the answer is usually no. And they're stuck in living out of the suitcase for a few years. But in the San Jose Earthquakes case, if Reno's not going to happen for you, then there are so many other USL teams you can loan them to. Loan them out to the Loyal. Loan right. them out to Birmingham, to Louisville, to El Paso, to Tulsa. Like, you don't have to be shoehorned into Reno if you think that the Reno – Earthquakes affiliation is going south. So you just got to make sure that you have your core of like 22 to 24 players. You give them an opportunity to play whenever possible, but everyone buys in the roles. And then everyone else that is in those other roster spots, you send them out on loan to a place where they get playing time, whether it's USL, whether maybe even Canadian Premier League is an option. Right. Or even somewhere else. I think there was a player, I forget for what club, but it was an MLS club. It might have been Vancouver or Montreal, one of those two, mm. that loaned a player to Serie B in Italy. So there are options out there. Soccer is a global sport. Every league has something to offer and could be the right place for the right player. All right. And the next the – next... Yeah, This one's for Will. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Will. Uh, the... Yes. Another long one, unfortunately. Sorry. Yes. 
uh, Vega. Uh, and when I first read it, I was like, oh, Daniel Vega. Uh, yeah, Vega from Twitter. <laughs> Vega from Twitter asks, uh, I'd like a deeper dive into the recent Reno signings. I mean, we are We've really good. Yeah, I think we definitely got over that. It seems like fans are not happy that we didn't uh, sign them. But would they be a good fit? Would they be in, be a good fit for San Jose, or would it be it make sense to sign? Would it make sense to sign them, especially given that uh, Kevin uh, Pardita had already played with San Jose and didn't stick? My guess is that Almeida slash uh, Fornelli already have a transfer plan and just needed the money from Fisher to execute it. Hopefully, and Fisher then, has committed the cat that cat. And there's a uh, cross fingers emoji there that I copied from the uh, DM you sent us for that uh, question. I'll I'll just do a little short and sweet here that I think any player that plays for Reno because Ian Russell and Matias Almeida have similar coaching philosophies has the potential to fit at the San Jose Earthquakes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every USL player is going to succeed in the MLS level. And it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, what San Jose Earthquakes does is going to be indicative of what Reno does either. So I think we just have to hope that Almeida and Pirinelli have considered their options. And, you know, there's a phrase, old news. I mean, no, it's no news is good news, which in this case the San Jose Earthquakes, in terms of transfers, have had nothing but good news. <laughs> Wait, isn't it, isn't it bad news is always good news? What? No, that wouldn't make sense. No, because <laughs> then, I mean, oh, bad news is good press. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, <laughs> the point is um, we do know that the players that are in charge, the people that are in charge are in charge for a reason. We do have to give them that benefit of the doubt. I know I've said that a few times, and it's probably getting repetitive, but – we do have to take into consideration that it just wasn't meant to be. And uh, the next question, we got a few more left here. So uh, we, FPD San Jose on Twitter wanted us to analyze the Quakes' chances of making the playoffs and roster analysis and potential turnaround for next year. And this will lead into the other question we got from Omar Solorzano from Facebook, who asked, whose contracts are up at the end of the season? Who are we keeping and who are we letting go? So I took the liberty of checking transfermarket.us and seeing where the contract situations were. Uh, Keep in mind that, especially when it comes to MLS, some of this information could be faulty. Like they still don't have Jackson Ewell's renewed contract taken into account, but these are the ones that made sense. Like these are the players who are out of contracts. So, very quickly, I have Bersano, who I said let go because we already have three other goalkeepers that we could use in Marcinkowski, Vega as a backup veteran, and then Ochoa as a backup developing. Uh, I mean, Ochoa is another person whose contract is up at the end of the year, which kind of surprised me because he's really young and I thought he already signed a contract. But it, that might also be an error on transfer market. But in case it is his contract that's up, I'd say extend, and he's someone you want to go on loan. And maybe uh, you use the super draft. If there's someone who's a good goalkeeper, you can have as a third choice or something. And uh, Eric Calvillo, I think you renew him. He should stay. Uh, Paul Marie, he's one that I could see him staying. I could see him leaving. 
Gilbert Fuentes, I think you got to extend. And there's a bit of a logjam in midfield, especially with Cavillo ahead of him in the uh, pecking order. So I would want him loaned out next year too. Shea Salinas, definitely extend. And Wando, it's up to him, of course. He's got the key to the city. Uh, so if he retires or not, that'll determine. Uh, any objections or thoughts on this assessment? Nope, I agree 100%. Okay. Yeah, I can't say I agree with all that as well. All right. And FPDSJ, I know we kind of uh, briefly went over your question and we talked about it earlier. So if you want a more in-depth analysis on the Quakes' chances of making the playoffs, like I said, Quake 74 from Discord provided us this incredible and detailed document that we're going to put on the description of this podcast that will answer this question better than we can. So hopefully that will suffice. Yeah, and then, the short and sweet, 80% chance of making the playoffs. Which sounds pretty damn good. I mean, 80% yeah. is a B minus, so okay. Yeah. So um, we got a few more questions mm-hmm. here. Fabio will answer the next, ask the next two, and then we'll get the last one after that. Yeah, definitely. We'll try to wrap this up a little faster. So if you guys have been hanging on, thank you. Um, Jeff Vikas from Twitter asked the biggest thing top of the mind right now with Reno MLS signings. Does Jesse and the FO undervalue MLS talent? I'm going to quickly answer this one. It's evident throughout mm-hmm. all of the transfers that Jesse Fiorinelli has made that he undervalues MLS talent and USL talent. The only USL talent that we've brought in um, was Daniel Vega. And <laughs> look how that kind of played out. He definitely undervalues it or is not well guided to that type of talent pool. Um, do you guys have any objections? No, I think you're completely spot on. And, like, the proof is in the pudding there that, like, there's a, a dearth in interest in signing players in general, but there's also a dearth in interest in signing domestic players, which is a shame because – that's a big source of uh, t- uh, talent for any Definitely. league. You know, it costs a lot of money and personnel and resources to scout players all around the world, which, you know, if you're a club, like a Champions League level club, that's not as much of a problem. But still, right. and especially in COVID times, if you're based in a domestic league like the U- USA and Canada where – mostly USA, Canada, you guys have been doing a better job than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and your uh, political leader is competent. Uh, so Shots the point is, is, uh, <laughs> is a complicated situation, scouting abroad and moving players in and out with COVID right now. So you definitely don't want to close the door on that possibility. And regarding Daniel Vega as well, how does it say about him, or maybe it says more about the organization that they were able to find a replacement, that Tampa Bay Rowdies is in the uh, USL championship final without him. So they clearly don't miss him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Will? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, Fabi. Okay. Uh, Andy yep. from Twitter. Ask on a scale of one to 10, how frustrated are you that the other MLS teams are signing players from Reno? Will? Uh, I'm going with one. I mean, I, I mean, why are we so like, why are we so shocked? I mean, like, yes, <laughs> I mean, they, they sign players from Reno. Oh my goodness. We <laughs> as earthquakes, we don't sign anybody. So <laughs> why are we like, 
just because they're our affiliate, we're like, what? What? Well, you know what this feels this? like? This this feels like your high school bully just took the girl that you had dibs on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is, exactly. this is this is why it hurts us so much right not only do they beat us up after every five o'clock okay they take the girl that we liked all right or that at least that we thought we could have if we wanted her right your school went to five o'clock no or he was just making it. Yeah, yeah, three two o'clock. Yeah, two, yeah, three. Like <laughs> you know, I, I right. stayed till. Boys aren't that patient. <laughs> yeah, I stayed. I stayed till detention. You know, afterwards. So you know, <laughs> for me, it was five o'clock every day. <laughs> uh, all right, but um, I say it's marginally annoying. Maybe I'll give it a four or five because you know we've already talked about the reasons throughout this podcast. But I'd say it's more annoying. Like it's probably like an eight or nine in the sense that. Minnesota United are making signings and looking in places that San Jose Earthquakes should be making in order to make any sort of signings. And it's just been a dearth of signings. We are the Tottenham Hotspur of this league, not making signings for ages. So, it, And then even they have started making signings again. So it, it's really annoying. And we'll see just how far this group can take us. And may they continue to play well and maybe we'll be okay without signings for a little while longer but who knows wait so we're the tottenham hotspurs of the mlfs that means we're going to sign our old players back can Possibly. we get simon dawkins back <laughs> mpg back let's do it let's sign uh, him. No, no, MP- no no let's bring him back jameer Haika. Haika. Oh. <laughs> let's do it innocent amagara on the cheap i am down oh, you're just no. gonna start oh, naming gosh. every single player that left us <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Adam Yon. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you know, you know, he's too good for us. He's not coming back. He's in Atlanta. Uh, I would right? be he's okay winning, with He's winning goal Lash. of the week. He's winning goal of the week with Atlanta, right? Fatia Lash, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Fatia uh, Lash. Eh? Um, all right, let's get yeah. this last question, guys. Yeah. Let's get a quick one here. Uh, Michael McCracken from Twitter asks, will JT be the number one goalkeeper in 2021? I think we all yes. can say yes. 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 C. In Espanol. Any way you could say yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, unless someone, you know, they're not going to sign another goalkeeper that's better than JT Marcinkowski. What if so, the get like Neuer, though, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> or Iker, uh, Iker, yeah, Iker Casillas comes out of uh, retirement for the Quakes. You know, it might happen. Memo. Yeah. Memo. So once again, we want to uh, thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to Woo! MLS, thank USL, you. and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We yep. may take you guys up on that offer. And also, tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas. Always. If you're looking for a unique, complete custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult pro team, charity, or uh, underwater basketball weaving team, Icarus FC <laughs> can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. It's like customizing your own player on 2K or FIFA, but in real life. So right. let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Uh, maybe I'll ask my brother, he's a graphic designer, to help us out with a uh, kit idea. But uh, yeah. that'll do it for tonight, boys. Like, this is... A lot of fun, yeah. And we're gonna do it again next week, depending on. Uh, we'll know Still. soon enough with the LAFC game if it'll happen. But we also have an interview with Marvel Wing coming up too, uh, and he works with Ted Raimi. 
and yeah. we had him on the last interview. It's Remy has nothing but praise for Marvel Win, so I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's former Quakes player Marvel Win. Um, he retired mm-hmm. because of a heart problem um, that was found in in his heart. Um, but really quickly, we if we don't have a game, we're still going to have a podcast. We'll, we'll go over some of the I guess a prediction for Seattle. We'll go ahead and do a kind preview. Of like, yeah, yeah, a preview. Um, really quickly, guys, if we do play LAFC. Uh, what is your score preview? We'll go really quick because this is the end. So, um, Will, what do you think the score prediction is if we play? Uh, it's it's going to be if I – I mean, my prediction and hope since we need this, uh, another two-to-one uh, crazy win. I'll go smash and grab 1-0 win. I think that this defense is starting to play very well. So, they can keep a clean sheet against LAFC, but it's just going to take one moment of magic slash luck slash shithousery to get that one goal to get the three points. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with two, two. We're going to get a draw out of it if we do play. Um, yeah. but Any that sort wraps, of result will help. Yeah, exactly. And that wraps yeah. it up for us guys. Um, we are Tatonic takes. You can follow me at the only Quaker, uh, will at BP underscore Schneider and Ivan at Ivan Ornelas two on Twitter. Um, and we love your support guys. Please feel free to, uh, Talk to us. Let us know if you have any questions that anything. Happy that Halloween. Want to talk about. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Um, stay safe out there. Uh, wear a mask under your mask. <laughs> Cultures yeah, are not go. costumes and do not slut shame. Costumes are not consent. Be nice to people. Uh, get some Skittles and M&Ms. Do all that fun stuff. You're telling me I can't, I, I, I can't dress up as a gaucho, a Uruguayan gaucho. Come on, man. No, you can be your own culture, <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> no blackface. Uh, like, let's go, Quakes. Go, let's Quakes. go, Quakes. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to playoffs. We yep. If you guys uh, want to follow us on Patreon, we are available there too. And that's it for us. Go, Quakes. Quakes. Go, go.